Oh, lightning round questions. That sounds interesting. Mesdames et messieurs, the greatest festival of our contemporary society, the Olympic Games, is about to begin. This is going to be close. Welcome to another episode of Olympic Fever, the podcast for Olympics fans. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Allison Brown. Allison, hello. How are you today? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's the day and, after Christmas. And happy Boxing Day. Happy Boxing Day, indeed. And not the kind of boxing that's going to get banned. Right. Or fixed, I guess. Did you Did eat you... lots of figgy pudding? No, we are we are not a figgy pudding kind of family. Even though, I don't like... Even... I don't even know what figgy pudding is. Oh, put it on the list. We'll find out. I bet there's an (laughs) Olympic version of figgy pudding. (laughs) Oh, man. But since it is the Christmas holidays, we are having another episode of Lightning Rounds where we revisit some of our past guests and hear what they have to say for our lightning round questions. And before we get to that, we'd like to take a moment to let you know that this week's show is sponsored by RR Auctions. RR Auctions is headquartered in Boston, and it's a globally recognized and trusted source for Olympic memorabilia and other collectibles like space and aviation, rare manuscript and documents, and presidential memorabilia, and much, much more. So... RR Auctions has two Olympic auctions a year, and they've got one coming up in January. So the auction is online now. Bidding takes place January 9th through the 16th. So you definitely want to get on their site, rrauction.com, and register for that. Uh, It features over 150 rare and remarkable lots. And they've got some really cool things. They've got a bunch of Olympic medals. They've got diplomas. They've got posters, tickets. They've got some tickets from Tokyo 1964, which are really cool. Do you think those will work for Tokyo 2020? (laughs) Maybe. Somebody might not notice. (laughs) A distinctive design on a ticket (laughs) without a barcode. Because yeah. they didn't exist. Exactly. <laughs> but look, it says I have tickets I have to, to the diving. <laughs> yes. In September 1964. Oh, but they've got so many cool things. If you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas, now's the chance to get something you do want. Head over to rrauction.com and register and let them know you heard about the auction on Olympic Fever Podcast. All right, moving on to our first lightning round, we have Adam Stern. Adam was on our show around this time last year to tell us what it was like to drive a Zamboni at the 2018 Pyeongchang Olympics. Here is his lightning round. Lightning round! Adam, what is your first memory of watching the Olympics? I would definitely say it was swimming with Michael Phelps. You know, like, if you didn't watch that, when they were on, you definitely missed a big part of American sports history. So I'd say, you know, with my age, I'm in my lower thirties. So, you know, I don't remember too much of the Olympics being younger, but that's definitely something I remember is Michael Phelps winning a lot of swimming gold. Okay. What is your favorite trick as an ice technician? Is there something like you, you know, what makes you an ice whisperer? I guess that's kind of a, 
tough question. Um, I guess my whole favorite part of just being, being here and just it's sports, it's not an office job. I don't sit in an office. So um, just being on the move all the time and having a hand in, you know, the whole building and seeing all these different people come in. So that's probably my best, my best answer for that. What Olympic sport would you do or tech for other than hockey? Other than hockey, I would say, no, I mean, I am fascinated with curling, but that's, you know, probably a little too slow for me um so i'd say it'd definitely be some sort of skiing event downhill alpine like the the g hill is amazingly huge i saw at the olympics when they do the downhill stuff Uh, you you couldn't get me up there but it's very fascinating to see how fast they go and how straight down they go what is your favorite souvenir from pyeongchang favorite souvenir we actually got a ton of great stuff from there you know we were sponsored by north face so they really hooked us up with outdoor gear and stuff for you know surviving 24 days in a cold climate so but i'd say my probably my best thing i have is a piece of the net from the gold medal men's game because they immediately when the game was over we cut the net apart and it was shipped off to the World Hockey Hall of Fame. So they cut off a tiny piece for all of us that worked there. So I took uh, took that home with me and put it in a little plaque and hung it on next to the wall next to all my other little memorabilia from there. Oh, that's really sweet. Right. Oh, I so love it's kind of like cutting the down for cutting the net down for, you know, national championship in basketball. We just cut it apart for hockey and kept a little piece of it that is so cool and then last what was the best food you had or the the most interesting food you had in korea a lot of the times i really didn't even know what i was eating (laughs) so but beef is very expensive over there and we found like a kind of a barbecue style place our last night there so I'd say my best meal that I remember the most was just with our crew. After we were done with everything, we all went out and it was more or less like steaks and pork and stuff like that, where a lot of the other stuff we ate was just, you know, like kimchi and rice and other sauces and stuff that really didn't sit the greatest with me. So definitely just our last meal as a crew together was our my favorite. Okay, so wait, I do have one last question. Do you ever yep. haze the new guys and tell them they have to lick the ice. No. no. Oh, come on. You don't want to eat that ice. You don't want to eat that ice. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, there's blood, teeth, spitting. So any way to keep that out of your mouth would probably be a good idea. Um, there's no other really traditions we do with anybody, you know, like sliding around naked on the ice or anything like that. Um, just mainly, uh, you know, see what they got when you throw them out in front of 20,000 people on the machine and that's kind of their you know all eyes are on you and everyone's so fascinated with the Zamboni that you know if you miss a spot they're going to let you know about it or you know you're going to take it to heart especially if you're driving in front of that many people you don't want to do it again so 
no traditions of, you know, bringing in new guys or anything like that. Just don't fall. So, so what bribes do you accept for rides on the Zamboni? What kind of bribes? Yeah. Um, you know, like I love giving rides to people just because they're so fascinated with it and it's something they'll remember forever and be able to say, you know, at a hockey game in 10 years, I rode on one of those or whatnot. I've actually, some friends of mine, let them drive it on the side, you know, like at night or something, take them out there. And cause I teach a lot of kids who at student workers here who don't know anything about it and take them out there and start from scratch. So I'm not afraid to take anybody out there and, you know, I've got a nice step process where they're not going to smash through the boards or anything like that. So, you know, if you're ever around in the area, get a hold of me and I'll give you your first Zamboni ride lesson. Oh, we will have to take you up on that offer. Adam. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have one other question. Is it, is it, do you have to be careful with getting blood off the ice? Um, what do you mean by careful? Okay, so I do uh, like, roller derby, and anytime there's blood on the track, it's like you got to get the 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 cleaning solution out and check the whole right. track and not. There, it'd be kind of tough because um, you can't really, you know, if it's just a little bit of blood, you know, from a chin or something like that, we can take like a, you know, a, a scraper out there and just scrape it off, and then you know, carry it off, but there's no way we could go out there with like a chemical or something and put that on the ice to disinfect it, mm-hmm. you know, cause chemicals and water just don't mix. So the, uh, you know, we might have to take the Zamboni out there or something and just shave over it just to shave it off. And then, so I guess you'd say there's no surefire way of getting rid of blood DNA, you know, but it's on the ice effectively or, safely i guess you'd say mm-hmm. we just need to get it off with a blade and rinse it oh, down a drain or something yeah or wipe it off with some sort of you know well adam thank you so much this has been so interesting thank you so much adam he was fun i it was so much fun to get to hear him again okay so we did this about a year ago and i was listening back to it i'm a terrible person <laughs> Why do you say that? Because I was talking about hazing the new oh, guy. Right. <laughs> what was what kind of mood was I in on that day that we interviewed him? <laughs> and he was he was so lovely and so not like, oh, my interviewer is kind of psycho. <laughs> and even offered to take us on his Amboni. So no, we have to get to Minnesota. There. We got to get ourselves out there. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, Adam is based in the Twin Cities area of Minnesota. He does work at the university, and uh, he's been known to work at the Minnesota Wild as well, doing their ice tech stuff. So if you see him on the Zamboni, wave and say hello. Next up, we have Olympic gymnast Chelsea Memel, who spoke with contributor Ben earlier this fall. Take a listen. Lightning round! The first question we ask we ask all of our medalists is, where is your Olympic medal? Um, well, we are building a house right now, so mine is actually at my parents' house. <laughs> okay, and and do you is it sort of mounted up on the wall with floodlights, or is it is it hidden away, or? No, it's 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 packed away right now. They're all just kind of packed away in storage until we until we get our house done. <laughs> okay, and then what's your first memory of the Olympics? 
I think processing, going through, and that wasn't even when we were in China yet, but just going through processing in the States and getting all of our Olympic gear and just knowing, like, oh, this is real. <laughs> right. And do you have a memory of the first time you were aware of of the Olympic Games as something as being something important? Um, I, I mean, my the earliest one that I watched was '96. Okay, this one feels uh, kind of loaded. But what is your favorite training exercise? Oh, like right now? <laughs> sure. Um, right now, I, one of my favorite. It's, just funny is is the presses to handstand I don't know why I enjoy doing them so much um, but I do <laughs> you definitely see the world from a different angle doing that yes yes <laughs> so you said your parents put you in other sports what Olympic sports would you do if we were to go back and, and do this what Olympic sport would you do other than the one other than gymnastics oh gosh I really have no idea I'm I'm really not good at anything else, like really sports. <laughs> really. But is there anything that you love to watch or anything that you thought, gee, that would be really cool? Um, I mean, I, I, I like watching all of the other sports. I think they're all really cool. Um, it's, I, swimming is kind of cool. I'm just like, the one of the main reasons I like gymnastics too is because it's like inside, we don't have to worry about like the weather and things like that. So it's it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and then and then our last lightning round question, what is your favorite Olympic sou souvenir? Oh, hmm. I don't know. We have a set, um, we have bought a set of mugs of and they all have like the handle says it's like 2008 is the handle um and each of them has the different like colored mascots that they had in 2008. i have those in a display case oh okay yeah very good all righty well well chelsea thank you again so much thank you so much chelsea you know she's on my instagram feed with those tricks that she still pulls out of her pocket like the on Chelsea a daily challenges. Basis. Yes. Oh my gosh. She is amazing that there are so many gymnasts from, and I hate to call 2008 back in the day, but there are a lot of older gymnasts who are still doing a lot of very complex things for, I think for gymnastics and being older and, and looking at, we, we just talked with Jake Dalton about how much harder gymnastics is on bodies these days. And yet these women who have been retired for a decade or more who've had babies and are still just throwing out beam routines like it's nothing. No, it's great. It's so much fun to see. So thank you, Chelsea, for taking time to spend with us and for doing the Chelsea challenges. Maybe one day I'll be able to lift myself an inch off the floor by climbing a rope. <laughs> I, I can't even begin to comprehend some of these challenges i know i know it's Ugh. amazing if you've done a chelsea challenge let us know that's for sure we'll show us you. your abs man yes, right right all right finally we have our tokyo-based author roy tomizawa who wrote 1964 the greatest year in the history of japan how the tokyo olympics symbolized japan's miraculous rise from the ashes and roy is also the voice of the blog the Olympians from 1964 to 2020. Take a listen. Lightning round. Let's move on to our lightning round. So what is your first memory of the Olympics from when you were a kid? 
my first memory of the Olympics. Okay. Oh yeah, that's no, I recall. That's easy. I mean, the, not, it's not necessarily my first memory, but it's the, the one that had the, the biggest impression was 1980 Lake Placid, Team USA. My whole family was uh, hockey fans. Primarily, they were all Islander fans. I was Ranger fans um, in New York. But, you know, my father and my two younger brothers and me, we would we would watch every one of those games on ABC um, against, uh, um, you know, I, I remember the first game against... Uh, Sweden and they were behind and in the last five seconds Baker hits the ties up the game and you know they then from that point on they, they of course had their run they beat the Russians and you know this was pre-internet uh, days so it didn't matter that it was on delay a lot of those games were on delay uh, and uh, uh, so we had to avoid the radio and TV but that was easier to do back then and then we'd sit in front of the TV and just be totally amazed. And I remember Al Michaels call at the end of the, the, the semifinals against the Russians. And it was uh, spectacular. We were, we were just jumping up and down and screaming. If you could go back in time and watch the Tokyo 1964 Olympics live, what event would you have wanted to see? I think I would have liked to have been in the Budokan when they were having uh, the judo matches certainly the finals against uh, Anton Yusink and Akio Kaminaga, that ground-shaking uh, match uh, between this Dutch behemoth against the, the Japanese champion, which you, if you read the book, you can see what an impact that had on Japan. Uh, and then to be able to go that same night to uh, watch the Japanese, Japanese women's volleyball finals uh, in the uh, Komozawa Indoor Stadium and watch them beat the Russians. Uh, if I could spend five hours on one day, five or six hours on one day, that's that's what I'd do. Uh, those were ground-shaking events in Japan just before the end of the Olympics. What building or landmark from Tokyo 1964 doesn't exist anymore that you wish was still around? <laughs> um, hmm. It would have been interesting, of course, to see the National Stadium. You know, I, I, I arrived back in Japan for my third time in 2014, and I really wasn't aware of it. But just after I arrived, they, they started destroying the old National Stadium. So I never got a chance to see that stadium. I think even when I lived here in the 80s and, and, and early 2000s, I... Uh, never visited that stadium. I didn't even think about writing the book at that time. So I, I missed the chance to see that landmark that was built actually before the 64 games. The Olympic Village was uh, was uh, the American military barracks uh, during the occupation. Uh, it was called Washington Heights. It was right next to the, right near the Olympic Stadium. Those The American military families back uh, exited those uh you know, sort of modern, uh, at least for the for the 50s and 60s at the time, were modern, nice houses and bungalows with huge rooms and kitchens. And uh, those were used as the Olympics. So those are handed uh, over to the Japanese government by the American government. Just before the Olympics, they were used as the Olympic Village. And of course, they were all torn down right after the Olympics. So uh, would have liked to have seen that. There's interesting footage on YouTube about of those of those places, but I guess those are the type of things I would have liked to see, and I've written about them, and, uh, and you can always see pictures of them on on the internet. 
what Olympic sport would you do or coach other than what you've already done as a kid? So no skateboarding. <laughs> well, that, that presumes uh, confidence. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, say you could be an Olympian. What what sport would you pick? This is not as lightning quick as you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, think, I know, and there I, there are more and more sports to choose from every Olympics. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and so I'm going to pick a sport that's no longer going to, it's probably not going to be an Olympic sport after, after 2020, which is, you know, my, my favorite sport, which is baseball and my favorite team are the New York Mets. And, you know, I, I grew up loving baseball and have always been sort of pissed off at my parents for not being to do, able to do little league uh, when I was a kid, but have always loved baseball. And I, I, and I tried out for junior high school and high school teams and, Actually, not you know, high school teams and, and and never got in. So I was just never good enough. Although I love sports, always ran around the neighborhood. So, you know, I guess I can I can you know my, the, the lousy condition of my New York Mets. I'm still able to tune in on games on the weekends and have it in the background and let them lose another game. But I don't mind. I just I just love the sport. So. Uh, be interesting to to catch a baseball game. Uh, of course, none of the MLB players will be there, but I think that's a sport I I like. When wouldn't have mind if I got more involved in that. But um, you know, I think if I had better DNA, maybe running. You know, you don't need any equipment; you just need to run. <laughs> Are, do you have a favorite team in Japan? In baseball? Yeah. Uh, not really. I, I will go to uh, games in town. Uh, I can't mention the name, but my company sponsors a a, a, a stadium, uh, so I've gone to games uh, with that team. There, there's the Yakult Swallows, which are right in downtown Tokyo, and it's an open stadium. It's right next to the National Olympic Stadium. Uh, that's a great place to see a ball game, fireworks every night. Uh, but no, I don't have a favorite uh, baseball team. Right. It's fun so, to go to a baseball game. If you ever if you ever come to Japan in the summer, it's just a it's a total different feel. So Roy, I have many Mets fans in my family. I'm I'm oh, wow. from this wow. yeah, I'm from this area in the in the the country, and I know so much more about you now that I know you grew up a Mets fan. <laughs> that I walk around feeling sorry for myself. Well, yes, and I and I extend my sympathies, especially to your wife. <laughs> Well, the, the, you know, the, the sins of the father get passed to the, to the son, right? So uh, my son also is a big Mets fan, and I'm sure he wished he grew up in a different family, maybe in the Bronx. It's okay. I'm a Cubs fan, so. Oh, yeah. Likewise. Yeah. I don't like baseball, so I'm just useless in this conversation. <laughs> Lastly, in our lightning round, what is your favorite Olympic souvenir? Which, if you're a collector, this is going to be a good hard question too. Uh, yeah, I have. Um, so, you know, Olympic posters are are always existed since way back when. The designers of the Olympic posters uh, for Tokyo, um, well, the designer is a guy named Kamekura Yusaku, and, and uh, he created these four iconic posters the the first one is is the most famous one with the red circle uh with the gold olympic rings um fairly ordinary looking if you if you think about it but it's a very striking poster that was the first one and then he had a, uh, another one where he basically has 
these foreign athletes at the at the start of a sprinting line and they're just taking off and that's a that photo is such an an iconic image that uh, that image has been repeated in so many different japanese advertisements to to show you know virility action uh, excitement so there's this collection of four posters from 64 or actually from 62 onwards to 64 which which I've been trying to collect all four for the past two and a half years and finally got them all and trying to figure out how to display them. Um, you know, I have so many different things, ashtrays and pictures and stamps and coins and medals and et cetera, et cetera. I wanted to buy the Olympic torch, but it was from 64, but it was just too expensive on eBay. And that would be hard to explain to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> What's the strangest thing you have? The strangest thing I have. I mentioned this this ashtray. They, this is 64, and they, they were so concerned about making sure that all the foreigners understand that Tokyo is a very clean city and they need to make it clean. And so, you know, they would hand out these little tubes that had a twisty top where had a little opening at the top where you would basically put, you know, tap your cigarette ashes into it as opposed to, you know, putting it on the floor. Uh, this is a time when cigarette smoking was extremely popular. This is when, you know, uh, cigarette sales were just going through the roof. In fact, One of the sponsors of the Olympic rings were, were tobacco companies. And um, uh, so, you know, they would hand out these, you know, these tiny tin cylinders with, with a little opening up top with a twist. There was a cap that would open and close it. And you tap your ashes into it just so you, you were also one of the many keeping Tokyo clean. I'm sure there are other weird stuff I have. I just can't remember. It's a lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> Too much pressure. Roy, well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Roy. I thought it was fun to listen to Roy again, also because, like, we are in the last days of 2019, so you know we're, like, 2020, Olympic year. When I think of you going to Tokyo, the fact that you're probably going to get to have dinner with Roy is the I thing I'm so. the most jealous of. I hope so. He keeps posting on LinkedIn all of the people he's interviewed and... and pictures of them with the book and it's really cool to see all that and he's got new stories of course coming out as we get closer and closer to the games he keeps sharing more about what's going on in tokyo so check out and his we're blog going to be revisiting him again yes we'll exactly because closer to tokyo exactly because his book is going to be one of our future book club picks not the next book but the book after spoiler alert yeah sorry <laughs> so you can get your copy now yes <laughs> Shop through Amazon. Okay. Some of your Christmas Amazon gift cards. Right, exactly. So that will wrap it up for this week. Let us know how you're going to celebrate welcoming in a new Olympic year. Email us at olimfever at gmail.com. Call our voicemail hotline at 53070fever. We're olimfever on Twitter and Insta and Olympic Fever Podcast Group on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and for all of your support throughout 2019. Until next time, keep the flame alive. Happy Olympic New Year! Happy Olympic New Year! Happy Olympic New Year! Do, 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 do.